ending a series when it's time to end a series has kind of been a calling card, one of the hallmarks of the entire Steve Kerr era, and hopefully they play that card tonight, a chance to send the Sacramento Kings to their offseason is what lies ahead of the Golden State Warriors tonight, a chance to avoid going to Sacramento for a Game 7, even more important for the Warriors to avoid that uh, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome back to the Damon Bruce Show here on Damon Bruce Plus. Oh, lots of plusers already in the early chat. We got people assembling before the show even starts. It really has been a fun first month, and we're going to celebrate a little. Uh, got a bottle of blackened whiskey that we'll be cracking open at the end of today's show. We'll do a little uh, bottle tipping before we even hit noon. Uh, good times. So, obviously, it's a big one for the Warriors tonight, right? I mean, we know what is in front of them. We know where they've been. We know how this series feels now. Regular season, stats, accolades, demerits, merits, forget it all. This thing's driving me nuts again, this damn sign. I just got to relax, 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 relax sign. Hold on. There we go. Relax. Calm down. The plus sign. It's got a mind of its own. Uh, this series has kind of had a mind of its own, and I don't need to think about the regular season anymore. Neither do you, because all that matters is the next 48 minutes of basketball. The next 48 minutes of basketball can make every single regular season concern, worry, disappointment just absolutely vanish. I mean, vanish right before our eyes. So it's a huge night for the Golden State Warriors, and we know what needs to happen. Curry, Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Looney. And then just two other guys come along for the ride. That should be enough to win tonight at home. Just two other guys come along for the ride. If it's three guys coming along for the ride, and Kerr really has production coming from you know eight different Golden State Warriors, I don't know how they lose this one. I think this game comes in two different flavors. We'll get to those flavors in just a minute. But you know we 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 know what needs to happen. The Warriors are tough to beat at home when they're not stepping on their own dicks. So keep the turnovers under 15. That, to me, is a big reason why they won in Sacramento in Game 5. 14 turnovers is, I believe, what they finished with. We said they had to come in under 15. They did it. They go on to win. Honest closeout on shots, especially open threes, which the Kings have had a lot of in this series. They're not hitting those threes. You don't want them to start tonight. Close out on shots hard. Rebound like men possessed. Don't leave it up to Looney to get every single rebound. Somebody else join the ride. Andrew Wiggins, I'm looking at you. Clay Thompson, I'm looking at you. You know, Gary Payton II, I'm looking at you. Join the ride in the rebounding department tonight. Draymond Green, go ahead and get a triple-double tonight. I mean, this guy just scored 20 or more for the first time since 2019. He's hitting Dirk one-legged fadeaways up in Sacramento. I'm not asking Draymond to keep that going, but just any sort of offensive efficiency in terms of scoring goes a very long way to get the Warriors to where they need to be tonight and push it up the court fast. More importantly, be ready for when they're even faster than what you've got transition starts to break when they push up the court push back as hard as you can don't hope that their role players get a little nervous on the road make their role players nervous get in these guys kitchen 
get physical, wait till the official tells you that's too much before you decide that's too much. So this could be a big, nasty one tonight. It's never as easy as one thing, right? There's never one data point. And, oh, well, there you go. That's all you need to know. They go on and win. But if we really had to boil it down to a data point, like why are the Warriors ahead in this series now, three games to two? It's Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney has basically outplayed Sabonis so far in this series, and there isn't anyone who was breaking this thing down before it even started that really thought that that was going to happen. Sabonis in this series so far, through five games, has 58 rebounds and 22 assists. Kevon Looney in this series has 72 rebounds and 25 assists. He's out-rebounding the best rebounder in the NBA, and he is out-assisting one of the best passing big men in the NBA so far in this series. That keeps up tonight. The Warriors are going to be really, really tough to beat. Again, I think there are only two realistic flavors of game tonight. It's Fox and Sabonis going out on their shields, and it's a barn burner, a nail-biter, and you got Ajita when the whole thing is over, but the Warriors won the game. Or it's kind of a king's lay down and die, and that fourth quarter wasn't very stressful at all. Like, that's what I think we might be looking at tonight. I could see some franchise history rearing its head in this game, and I could see the Warriors looking really good tonight, and I could see the Kings looking terrible. Shitting the bed in big games has been a hallmark of Sacramento Kings basketball. And they hardly even get those big games in which to shit the bed. But that could be in play tonight. Making them feel the gravity of this game with a really big start is a great way to go ahead and make sure you're going on to the next round and not going back to Sacramento for a Game 7. We also have a Game 6 down in L.A., Grizzlies and Lakers tonight. That series could wrap up, and if it does, we're going to have ourselves Warriors-Lakers in the second round, and that might get a better rating than the actual NBA Finals itself. Before we uh, start transitioning, if you will, to a couple of other things as we uh, get uh, get you up and ready on, we just want to say thanks to everyone who got in early, started chatting. We'll do most of our chatting in Club Plus in just a little bit, but I want to bring up Kevin. Kevin Stevens writes in on the chat, whatever happens tonight, I'm very proud of the Sacramento Kings. You should be. You should be. You know, Warriors fans have gotten fat on the hog of a dynasty, but Warriors fans should absolutely identify with all of this redheaded stepchild sort of behavior and treatment that the Kings have received for years because it used to be the same treatment that Warriors fans received. I don't like the, you know, Kings fans, Warriors fans battling it out on the radio. It's just so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm proud of the Kings too. I'm glad when basketball teams finally find their way out of the dark hole that they've been in for the better part of 20 years. It's good for the game. That's a great basketball. I mean, I remember when, you know, the cowbell was going and it was peak Kings dynasty, not dynasty, but you know what I mean, with Weber and Bibby and White Chocolate. Like, that was a really fun team. That was a really fun crowd up at Arco back in the day. I never wanted that taken away from them. They talked about their team leaving. Now here they are back in the postseason. You should be proud of the Kings. And look, we shouldn't be talking about the Kings as if they're some sort of post, you know, past tense entity here. 
The Kings can absolutely still win this series. But at that point, I think we're looking at you know, a, a Warriors collapse more than we're looking at, wow, the Kings actually went out and just beat the Warriors. It's now the Warriors playing with you know, a sense of expectation. Luckily, that's something that they're very, very used to. Um, lots of love coming in on the text line. Uh, we got uh, True Blue Forever. He's already in the ganja jar. That's fantastic. We're going to get into the uh, the black in, in just a little bit to celebrate what is a month together now here on the Plus. This is four weeks of shows officially in the books. We're nearly at 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're approaching 100 over on Twitch. I never give much love to Twitch. Twitch, if you're out there, if you're watching on Twitch, love you. Love you. Thank you very much. We need as many teenagers as we possibly can into the uh, into the demographics. So welcome, Twitchers. Welcome, YouTubers, everyone who's listening on the podcast. It has been a month since we have started this, and we've come a long way in a month. Did you see the fancy new thumbnail that uh, Jillian cooked up last night? The thumbnail game starting to rise. Look out, everybody. We know just enough to maybe be dangerous. Look out. Um, One more NBA note. One more NBA note before we turn our attention to other things that are going on in sports right now. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I heard an awful lot, and I let me just say I love Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo is everything you want in a player, in a teammate, in a superstar. He is a champion. He's an MVP. He is wired to give TED Talks for the rest of his life about remaining humble and staying focused and being in a moment. I mean, he he said some things that are straight out of, you know, philosophy books, which makes sense considering, you know, he's from Greece. Um, Giannis is not a loser. But the team that he plays for, just took one of the worst losses in NBA history. He was asked if the Milwaukee Bucks season is a failure or not. And I guess that word for him and the way that his mind is wired, that was a little bit too much for him to just say, yeah, it's a failure. And he talks about how, you know, sure, there's winning and losing in sports. That's just how it goes. But every every day is a journey. Every day is a process to get better. And if you got better that day, even in defeat, if you learn something, that day is not a failure. I mean, this is all very heady, wonderful mindset stuff from a really good guy who comes from a humble background and now lives in square footage and thread counts that, you know, are unfamiliar to normals like you and me. But we got to pick another word here. If Giannis is uncomfortable with failure, like, what do you want to go with Giannis? Because an eight just beat a one seed, and historically, that ain't supposed to happen. That is a bad beat. Full stop. That is embarrassing. That ain't good. You might not want to call it a failure, but you sure as shit can't call it a success. I mean, we know that. So what do you want to use? You want to use collapse, misfire, a a huge washout, like, whatever you want. You want to say the Milwaukee Bucks this year turned out to be the biggest lemon sitting on the car lot after all. All we're doing is trying to mask what is indisputably a sports failure and a catastrophic 
didn't get it done from the Milwaukee Bucks this year. I thought that they were going to go to the NBA Finals. They're out in the first round to an eight seed. That ain't good. I love you, Giannis. I want to break bread with you maybe more than any other professional athlete from any other city. Fantastic human being. I love everything about him. But let's not start playing semantics and trying to get all cute when you guys know that you just spit the bit hard. That happened. That happened. By the way, little international flair. Uh, anyone able to read this? It's Hebrew, so you don't read right to left. You got to read. read uh, no, no, you don't read left to right. You have to read right to left. This was given to me by a rabbi who asked me to come and do a uh, a, a night of just talking sports and sports talk radio with a, a group that he runs at a, 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 it wasn't even a JCC, it was right in the basement of his synagogue. He invited me over there and to be very nice, gave me a little prize. This, for those of you who do not read Hebrew, which I'm guessing are most, this says that. This is Indiana in Hebrew. How great is that? I love this t-shirt. First time I'm wearing it here on the Plus. We're celebrating things. Mazel to everyone for a month of the Plus. It is good to be here. A lot of menches have helped us get through this first week, and these are words you can look up if you're not familiar with them. Everyone should know just a little bit Grandma Yiddish. I'm a big believer in that. Um, it's been a wonderful first month here on the Plus. Thank you very much. It was a wonderful first round of the NFL draft. I mean, I know that the 49ers weren't involved. They're going to get involved today with three third round picks, but what a first round. And really, the first round went to the birds. The Eagles having defensive tackle Jalen Carter fall to them. Well, they actually traded up with the Bears, but he fell in the draft and he might be he might be the Warren Sapp of this draft. You know, concerns about off-field stuff, which he was involved in two vehicular deaths. Uh, he's got misdemeanor charges hanging over them for that. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, but he might be the most talented player in this draft, and Warren Sapp was a difference between, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were good and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were world champions. This guy could be that for the Eagles. They're already among the best defensive lines in football, got even better. And late in the first round, they take Nolan Smith, the outside linebacker, who is elite at Georgia as well. So the Eagles add two players from one of the best college defenses of all time to their already incredibly thick and rich NFL defense. Eagles got better yesterday. The Seahawks adding cornerback Devin Witherspoon from Illinois and wide receiver uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Jabia and, and Jumba. It's a tough name to pronounce. Um, I, I watched a lot of Ohio State games. I should be able to nail that. Um, Jackson Smith and Jabba. That's how it's pronounced. Haven't even gotten into the whiskey yet. Uh, that's a good that's that's a good draft for Seattle right there. They added a really good wide receiver to an already good wide receiver group and a really good young corner to an already very good 
young corner group. I mean, it's Legion of Boom 2.0 up there if Pete Carroll has his way. Seahawks got interesting yesterday. The Falcons had the first. Nobody saw that coming. Again, we're kind of running the bird gauntlet here. If you were a bird yesterday, you had a good first round. The Falcons, nobody had them taking B. John Robinson, the running back who they say is the best running back prospect in years since Saquon Barkley out of Texas. And look, they already had a running back in in Tyler Algier who went over a thousand yards last year. They were really good on the ground, and the Falcons get better on the ground with that draft pick. They beat the 49ers with a nasty rushing attack last year. So Falcons make an interesting pick. The Cardinals get a big offensive tackle, Paris Johnson, to uh, protect Kyler Murray. The the the, the Arizona Cardinals have needed offensive linemen desperately throughout their entire history's organization. So we'll see if that's a good pick for them. And then the Ravens, who draft wide receiver Zay Flowers to complement the other move that they made yesterday, and that's Lamar Jackson, who played the long game, didn't look like he was playing the right game, looked like he was playing out of his league, trying to represent himself, saying that he wanted a 100% guaranteed deal like Deshaun Watson had, well, you didn't get that. But what Lamar Jackson did get is the highest paid NFL salary ever given to any NFL player ever. By the way, he won't have that for very long because Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are about to go ahead and sign extensions with their teams. So, Enjoy the short reign as highest paid player in the NFL, Lamar. You got about, I don't know, whenever those two teams do those deals between now and then to wear the crown of highest paid. But I know that that meant something to him. It's ridiculous that this whole negotiation took so long and that he got all hung up over 100% guaranteed or that there was bad blood. It just... There was a better way for the Ravens and Lamar to have gotten this done. It just feels like that, but it's done. And if you're a Baltimore Raven, you got to be very happy with the way that it got done. Uh, Ravens, Cardinals, Falcons, Seahawks, and Eagles all had really interesting first rounds, as did former 49er defensive coordinator, now head coach of the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryans, who's just not messing around. The last thing the Texans really needed was a bunch of back-of-the-roster guys that you're going to pick up mid-late in the draft. So they had a lot of capital. They had a lot of assets. They do a big deal with the Cardinals. They get C.J. Stroud, who they hope to be their quarterback of the future with the second overall pick, which they had. And then they flip all these assets to the Cardinals to trade to pick third after they just picked second in the draft and they get outside linebacker will anderson who's the sec defensive player of the year i think two years in a row out of alabama so a franchise quarterback and a cornerstone defender for D'Amico. first two picks pretty impressive hopefully that works out for him the only other story that i want to get into because i don't want to talk about who the 49ers might be looking at they need a line they need tight end they need d-line they need secondary they need help at safety picking up another corner never a bad idea so we know what the 49ers might need but 
I also know that they're going to get better just by entrusting guys who are already on this roster to get better, and we're going to get to all that. Will Levis is the quarterback from Kentucky who is still sitting in the green room right now, and ESPN and ABC and NFL Network and everyone who's covering the draft would send their camera back to that poor guy, and everyone's like, oh, it's just so hard to watch this young man sit in the green room. What happened to his stock? What is that? Well, my goodness. Here, you know what's happening to him? He is 100% going to be an NFL quarterback by the end of this day. He's got nothing to be embarrassed about. Here's what happened. Other teams and other teams, all teams, screw up picks all the time. So because picks went before him doesn't mean any of those guys will be a better quarterback than him. You know how the draft works. There's nothing exact about this. So he basically just got a night of free advertising and sympathy on TV, which he'll do well with. I mean, that's what happened to... What, um, you know, Brady Quinn. That's what happened famously to Aaron Rodgers. Everyone tried to make a big deal out of, oh, how embarrassing. Embarrassing my ass. This guy's about to be a quarterback in the NFL. He's got nothing to be embarrassed about. Other teams that needed quarterback took quarterbacks early. The rest of the draft wasn't full of teams that needed a quarterback. Not in the first round anyways. There's no, everyone understands what happened. And what happened has absolutely no bearing on what this guy's career is about to be. None whatsoever. So this whole, oh, it was so hard to watch. I couldn't watch this poor kid sitting in the, all this breathless. Oh, oh, the poor kid. It's because he puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Oh, my God. what? The, and that is weird. Let's be honest. That's weird. But, like, everyone just needs to calm down. Half the people covering sports don't have the Constitution to be covering sports. Everyone gets in their feelings before they even start thinking about everything. It's ridiculous. While we're talking NFL, let me just tell you about the 49ers. Three picks today, no picks in the fourth round, so unless they do some wheeling or dealing, you'll see them when the third round comes about. They don't have a second round pick. Christian McCaffrey uh, is is who the 49ers got in the first and second round this year, everyone. Congratulations. Oh, and they also picked up a starting quarterback with a Mr. Irrelevant pick. So, you know, that, that should make the Trey Lance thing hurt a little less. But what's going to make offseason questions hurt a little less? By the way, Jillian made me tea today. Drinking tea. No coffee this morning because I was out of beans from Phil's. I'm a Phil's guy. So I was out of the Phil's beans. We're going with tea. Don't really like tea, which is why we got the whiskey. Ready to go and celebrate. By the way, Blackened officially starts on Monday as a sponsor here on the Damon Bruce Show, as does this guy. Go ahead and get yourself a sandwich at Ike's today, this weekend. Have one on Monday, ready to go, because... Ike starts as our official sponsor starting on Monday, along with our friends at Blackened Whiskey. Metallica is now basically sponsoring the show. We're very excited. 
to be excited about the 49ers, let's be honest, Kyle Shanahan doesn't like young players. Kyle Shanahan doesn't usually draft a young player and count on that young player to do anything. And this isn't just wide receivers and running backs and quarterbacks. This is everywhere. This is offensive linemen. This is defensive linemen. I mean, Drake Jackson, he got drafted, and we hardly saw him last year. So, you know, you're asking me, what do the 49ers really need to do to get better? The solutions of getting better aren't necessarily going to be found in this draft. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But to me, they got a lot of solutions in-house to get better just on the surface of it all right now. Like, you're telling me a healthy year out of Elijah Mitchell doesn't make this team better? Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey could be the best one-two punch in the NFL. You want to get better along that offensive line? Well, of course, you need another right tackle to replace Mike McGlinchey, who's gone now. But Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford, look, Burford, he was good in his first 16 NFL games. Aaron Banks went from not even dressing on game day to being a starter that you can kind of count on. Both of those guys coming out of this offseason, better, stronger, faster, with more knowledge of how this league works, that's going to make the 49ers better more than any draft pick. Danny Gray. Danny Gray was drafted last year to be the speed demon wide receiver, and Danny Gray, we hardly know you. Him joining the parade of wide receiver offensive threats that this team rolls out will go a long way. Danny Gray needs to be a better wide receiver than any receiver that they might draft today, tomorrow. That's how the 49ers get better. Talanoa Hufanga, he has set the standard for himself. It's going to be nearly impossible to make the leap from year one to year two that he did. How is he going to do in year three? Um, dude, this guy, if he continues to improve, look, look out. Hufanga getting better delivering what we already know about how good he is and taking it to another level. That's how the 49ers become harder to beat next year. Not this draft. This draft is for back of the roster depth and guys that you'll develop to hopefully turn into this conversation and be part of this conversation ahead of next year's draft. But with a red shirt year, basically what a lot of these guys got coming out ready to play next year is how the 49ers get better. Drake Jackson. I already said his name, Drake Jackson, Becoming a real compliment on this defensive line is going to go a long way to getting the 49ers over the top of just the NFC title game. Diamador Lenore, huge developmental leap this year. Ambry Thomas getting back into the mix. That's where the 49ers and 49er fans should really be concentrating because here's the thing. There's not a single player drafted yesterday, today, tomorrow that for sure you can say are bona fide NFL players. These guys are all in the NFL right now. They are bona fide NFL players. Keep it up. Keep developing them. That's how the 49ers get officially better. Uh, baseball today. Not much to really talk about in terms of baseball, but uh, it's an interesting trip coming up for the Giants. They're off to Mexico City for the Mexico City series. Technically, it's not a series. It's only two games against the Padres. That is a set, not a series, but okay. We're not going to get all uh, picky about that. So the A's, uh, they come home off the road. Uh, Giants are in Mexico. A's fans are in hell. You've got a home series that is, or a, a home stand that is going to feature 
another team that is almost as pathetic as you, but not quite because there is no team more pathetic than the Oakland A's in Major League Baseball. That is that is their crown to wear alone. Uh, but the Reds are hardly trying. So there are probably more people watching this show right now than will be at any of these A's or Reds games over the weekend. And then the Mariners, who are young and interesting, but never much of a road draw, sparse crowds coming to Oakland this weekend. There is no doubt about any of that. Uh, The chat is uh, about to be featured in the Club Plus. But before we get into that, before we say goodbye to our friends on the podcast and officially get into Club Plus, let me show you. I'm not going Dean Martin here. Not So Dean Martin used to pretend he was drunk up on stage, and it turns out the entirety of his career he's drinking apple juice. I'm sure he was drunk at a couple times as well. This ain't apple juice, kids. This black and whiskey on a Friday is here to celebrate a month on the Plus. I'm going to do a shot for you, a shot for Jillian, and a shot for me. You got to love Friday pre-noon bottle pulls, right? That's what we're looking at here. We have things to celebrate. Ooh, the cork smells nice. Ooh, I'm going to put a little right on the nostrils. Ooh. Mmm. This stuff is delicious. Absolutely delicious. We've already gone through a bottle upstairs. I didn't bring the rye down, the rye, the lightning, the rye, the lightning. Because that's 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 daddy's really good whiskey bottle now. Blackened is at a price point that everyone should go out and get yourself a bottle, get yourself some Mike sandwiches, get yourself a whiskey, and have yourself a good weekend. Celebrate the blues. Ah, one pull. I feel like uh whenever I take a shot of whiskey, I want to do the the Jack Nicholson. An easy rider. Yeah. Indian. If you're old enough to have seen Easy Rider, you know that. We'll save the uh the Jillian pull for Club Plus. Jillian raising thumbnail games, getting things done. Oh my goodness. Speaking of getting things done, Mike one Mike. Dropping a bone, a hundy, looking for a game six clay tonight. If you can speak that into existence, Mike, God bless. You know what, Mike? $100 gets you a pull. <laughs> yeah. Fr- I haven't even had breakfast yet. We are empty stomach Friday morning drinking, baby. It's the plute. Can't do this at a radio station. mike thank you very very much look otis bird the third he is in the room as well otis you know what otis you get a pull jillian honey if you're watching in the other room if you're on here chatting get in here you 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 can take your own pull i won't do it for you let's see if the wife wants to come in here she might she, she might be like actually working or in a meeting though so you know we'll see Somebody says, I like the Indiana pennant in the background. Thank you very much, Todd. I like it, too. That is my college basketball team. But starting this fall, my official Big Ten football team, well, no, I guess I got to wait till they join the Big Ten. So I'm going to suffer through my Hoosiers just crapping on my fall one more year 
and then I'm I'm taking USC into my heart. I'm adopting the USC Trojans as my official Big Ten football team because I can't go through another 20 years with these fuckers. Oh, my God. It's the worst major football program in the United States, and it's mine. What do we got? We got a lot of good stuff coming up here. A lot of good stuff. The Sacramento local stations, what do we got here talking about tonight's game six? We got uh, Mitch saying, I get Sacramento local stations out here in Tracy. They have all but given up on the Kings winning this series. It's weird. Here's the thing. I'm not calling Sacramento losers, but that's a, that, that's a fan base's mentality when all you know is pain, when all you know is that didn't work out at the very end. Pain is real in sports, and sports anxiety is real in sports. I don't blame any Sacramento King fan for feeling like it's over because when you're up 2 nothing and then you're down 3-2, that means things have not gone well. Kings fans know historically what this franchise does in this moment. And very rarely is a moment like this cloaked in glory. By the way, I do want to say one more thing. The Giants uh, Mexico font that they're using, like some of the some of the patchwork, I don't know if they're going to put the patch on their jersey or not, but the Giants do do ceremony very, very well. And the, the patch for the, the jerseys that they might be wearing down in Mexico City looks awesome. Um, I am surprised. I will be surprised if we don't see a, a Major League Baseball, an NBA team, or an NFL team in Mexico City at some point in time. I don't want to hear about any more. Let's go across the pond. Let's put a whole division or a conference or a league in Europe or London. Eliminate crossing an ocean. Go down to Mexico City where you have a rabid sports fan base just waiting to embrace the first professional league that gets down there. If I were the Giants, with some of the home numbers that I'm pulling, I'd be looking to put a week of games in Mexico City. You don't want to get beaten by the Doyers in Mexico City, who are probably already the preferred team down there. Nikki says, Damon, finally got to catch you live. You got me hooked on sports talk. Thank you so much, Nikki. It means a lot. I've spent two generations of sports fans here in the Bay Area talking sports. So the amount of of people who say, Damon, I I grew up listening to you. Now I got a wife, a kid of my own. I mean, it's, it's amazing the lives that we've lived together out here in almost the past 20 years. I'm so thankful for it. So thankful that I'm about to throw a party with whiskey pools and disco lights and all that good stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Damon Bruce show here on the podcast, here on YouTube, here on Twitch. It means a ton that you come out and you support us, whether you do it live or when it's convenient for you. It does not concern me as long as you go ahead and you watch and you make it a part of your daily routine. It means an awful lot. Not only do I want you to uh, continue to support me by showing up, but please, and this is why I think even though we don't have you know this vast internet audience to offer any of the early uh, advertisers and people who are giving me their business, Blackened Whiskey and my friend Ike of Ike Sandwiches, 
if there's one thing I know about my audience is you're all loyal as hell. And you've done so much to prove to me implicitly how much you support me. Now you can support me by supporting the brands that are sponsoring me. So go get yourself a sandwich at Ike's this weekend. Go pick up a bottle of Blackened. You'll be happy that you did if you like whiskey. And if you're not into whiskey, get into whiskey. This is really, really good stuff. This isn't some gimmick. This isn't some band who just was like, yeah, put our name on the label. We don't give a shit. No, this is good. Like, really, really good. And by the way, outside of this sound wave, you don't see Metallica's name, like, really anywhere on this bottle. They're not trying to sell you a band. They're trying to sell you a good bottle of whiskey. And God bless them for doing that. What we're going to do is turn on the disco lights. We're going to say thank you so much for tuning in today, and we're going to remind everyone who is wrapping up their journey with us at this moment, there's still more journey to come, though, that sports don't build character. Thanks for tuning in. They reveal it.